0: Welcome to the Dental Marketing Podcast, a podcast that helps dentists win in the online world of modern-day marketing. Each week, we cover the most cutting-edge marketing tactics and strategies that are working right now across our client base to drive leads, phone calls, and more new patients for dentists. Now, here's your host and founder of Kickstart Dental Marketing, Chris Pistorius.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dental Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Chris Pistorius, and today I'm absolutely thrilled to be with the owner of the Dental Center of Jacksonville. I'd like to introduce Dr. Jignash Patel. Sorry for butchering the name. I've tried to practice. Thanks so much for being on the show today.
2: Pleasure is mine. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So we were just talking about Jacksonville this time of year, and uh, you said it's you're kind of right in the middle of the rainy season, huh? Every day, every yeah. single
2: day, rains and rains and rains.
1: Yeah. So, as a dental practice owner, is that good for business or bad for business?
2: It doesn't really matter. Um, unfortunately, dentistry people have pain, rain or sunshine. Nothing stops them from <laughs> <I'm> coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Them. That's
1: right. And, you know, kind of along, I'm going to jump right into it here, but. You know, along those lines, you know, we're talking. You know, you look on the news, and it's all doom and gloom with the economy and all this stuff. Do you believe that dentistry is is recession proof, or what's your
2: what's your thoughts on that? I wouldn't say recession proof. Okay. Obviously, patient financially, every decision they make in their life, whether they want to purchase a car, whether they want to purchase a house, it all has to be factored in with. What is urgent? What could wait in dentistry? What is needed right away to be done? Or can patient postpone it for six months or eight months? Ultimately, anything they postpone that could have been done now would be delayed treatment. And then ultimately, a small cavity becomes a big cavity. Yeah. So recession does affect dentistry, of course. Of course, absolutely. Nobody walks into the dental office and say that, hey, I'm just here to just know what I want to do. they want to get their mouth fixed just like anything in our body we don't want it to go bad but ultimately financially it makes a big big decision and the recession does put a big hamper on what they want to do yeah i would think that you
1: know um and we experienced this a little bit with the covid stuff although it was it was a little different but you know people will put off more of the elective type stuff we found you know like the higher end cosmetic where it's not really even a health related matter they just kind of want to look better they kind of tend to put that
2: off a little bit would you would you agree to that yes more than anything i think the yeah. cosmetic might it's absolutely going to have absolutely going to wait for a majority i would say good 95 percent of the people yeah um, and that's basically what i would say it's considered during the recession that is a good chunk like if they want to do whitening or if they had to do veneers or anything to close the space, even orthodontics, you know, if they want to do braces to, you know, not just for looks wise, but even just to um, make their bite functional better. But if it's not hurting them, they will necessarily just rather wait for another year or so until this little fear of recession is over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing
1: with these, you know, the media, I, I think always tries to blow things out of proportion because, of course, they want to sell advertising and, you know, people viewing their programs is what drives the advertising dollars. So, you know, I've, I've almost gotten to the point where I don't really watch the news yeah. at all. Anymore, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, there's, we, uh, you know, you can't, and you know, me owning my business. I, I'm not sure that you can make decisions based off of what might happen. You know, you've just got to go and deal with things as they come, you know. So, well, you know, how long now have you owned the Dental Center of Jacksonville?
2: I bought this practice in 2016 of July. So it's about six years and roughly a few months. Okay. This practice. And what, were you an associate before that?
1: Or what did you do before yeah. that?
2: I was, uh, so I graduated in 2012. And then I was an associate at a corporation called Greenberg Dental for four years. Mm-hmm. Until I finally said that um, I wanted to have my own practice. So I can truly deliver the quality of the care that I wanted to do. On my own, not go by what the rules and regulations corporations have nowadays. Yeah.
1: So, for some of the some dentists out there right now watching this that are that are kind of in that boat you were in where they're they're kind of thinking about jumping ship because they want to do their own thing. Was that a scary process for you? I mean, was there a lot of thought that went into it,
2: or did you just kind of go for it? When you realized that you wanted to become a dentist to deliver a certain quality. And you just can't. Um, and you gave effort every year after year, year after year, learning your skills, you know, building your knowledge, and having so many mentors over the years to help you guide to become a perfectionist. But you still can't deliver that level of quality in a corporation because you have to meet the numbers. You have a certain, just you know, unfortunately, they have their own goals that they have to meet. It doesn't matter. At that point, I basically realized it doesn't matter if if that's who I went, you know, to become a dentist and I cannot deliver what I want to do. It was easy decision. It was scary, of course, more than anything scary because you're starting all fresh. You just worked four years to become where you are. And now you have to start the slate clean. It was definitely one of the, the most scariest moment for sure. Career in the career, career. of course. (laughs) Yeah, I remember when I started.
1: I did a similar thing. I mean, I had a nice cushy job, but 14 years ago, almost now. And um, at the time, two little kids, right? And my wife is like, you know, this better work or it's not (laughs) gonna be good. (laughs) So it's a definitely a it's a you know it's a big jump for sure. And you know what we're seeing on the marketing side of things is that dentistry is more competitive now, I think, than it's ever been. Um, Would you would you agree with that just with the amount of new dentists making that jump and then corporate dentistry is also starting to invade a lot of
2: local areas. What do you think on that? Corporate dentistry has absolutely outgrown. I was a triple in numbers, in my opinion. Um, Basically, I can speak from my corporation. It was a very small corporation. However, by the time um, when my four years, they went from five office to almost closer to 15, 20 office in town. Wow, it just tells you the number of percentage it was almost threefold, three times, and that is six years ago. Nowadays, it's even worse. It's more. Yeah, corporations yeah. are corporations are unfortunately uh, taking over significant amounts in the private sector of dentistry. Right. Um. There's a significant amount of new influx of dentists moving to Jacksonville or any big metro cities. Yep. But there is a significant need for dent. There's a shortage in the rural areas it's just unfortunately right. we are not having those offices open in those particular areas where there's right. a huge need unfortunately right. yeah
1: um you know we're in I, we're up in the denver area our offices mm-hmm. and we're probably an hour or so from a city called colorado springs okay colorado. Yeah. And it's one of the most competitive dental markets in the country because everybody wants to live there because it's a yeah. beautiful place and everybody wants to live there mm-hmm. and everybody wants to open a dental practice. And we get calls all the time from practices trying to figure out how to compete. And, yeah. you know, it, I, I think that just goes to your point of, you know, there's select areas. It's very over overpopulated. Sure. But there's a clear message here to anybody opening, thinking of opening an office, there is still a lot of opportunity out there depending where you want or are able to move to, right?
2: Yeah, I think if I had to start now, probably I would not think about opening in a big metro cities Um, and you could be successful. Most likely you will be successful Yeah, if you have a good team and good ethics and more importantly, your, your skill wise, you know what you're doing. However, it would be a slow foundation building process. Yeah. Compared yeah. to if you take the same knowledge that you built and you had gone to somewhere a little bit away from a big metro city, right? It's a big difference, a big difference um, in terms of like uh, excelling in your career slowly or quickly, depending on where you live. Right. Right. So you said, you know, you brought up a good point of it. I always
1: like to ask people this, you know, if you had to do all over again, what would you do different? Well, one would be maybe not as such a big market. What's another thing you might change, you know, in your last, you know, six years or so of experience in running this practice?
2: I think the being a business owner, there's a significant stress involved compared to working in a corporation where it's just a job. You, if you really just look at it as a job, just like anywhere, anybody who works for a big corporation, it's just a job. You, you're you eight yep. to five. You come home, you go to work and back to the same Monday to Friday routine. In, in far as changing, I wish um, everybody who starts new or had to start new, I would say you really have to find a work-life balance because private dentistry, yeah. It's way more stressful than anybody could imagine. Um, those patients, they're yours for life. They're not going anywhere until you retire. Right. I used to always think when people say, you know, oh, I've, that, and I've been going to my dentist for 30, 35 years. And I know because now when I start going to my medical doctors or if I ever have to go to my CPA or anything, you want to stick to the same physician, same same people for your own personal life. So you realize that they're in the same board, they're looking for somebody good. And once they find that, they're looking up to you. So you have to work a lot of hours sometimes. Finding the good work-life balance is critical to be successful mentally and, and not just from the personal life, but also so yeah. you can practice for a long time, not get burnt out because you will get burnt out in private dentistry very quickly yeah. uh, compared yeah, okay. to corporations unfortunately
1: yeah well now that you've scared about 50 percent of our audience away from actually starting their own practice. not just kidding
2: <laughs> i tell that to everyone i tell that to everyone it's worth it as yes. long as you
1: you yeah. find a good balance you know? yeah. yeah no you're exactly right i struggled with that with my business for a
2: long time yeah. you uh, spend countless hours day in yeah day out, night out till 11 o'clock um there were days i yep. used to work till 11 12 at night and i'm like you know yep. time from your family, your kids, everyone, doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And,
1: you know, I, you know, when I started this agency, I just, all I really did was I created a job for myself. I didn't really create a business, right. Because I was, you know, my job and my company was really my boss and I was, I was doing everything. Right. And it wasn't until I really learned on how to delegate, hire correctly and, you know, um, build an actual business where I could step out of some of the administrative stuff and HR stuff and things like that, that's when you really, you know, you can open up some freedom for yourself. But I struggled with that for heck years before I really figured it out. So I think that's great advice on, you know, that balance of the work and life and how to find that balance is is key into you know, I was more of a control freak where it was hard for me to let go of certain things, right? 100%, not
2: 99%. Yeah. Uh, not just to be successful, to be a better better person. You know, that's okay. why we left a job to become on our own. But then we realized everything's on our shoulder. Everything's on okay. our shoulder. You're right. Yep. I uh,
1: just talked to a practice and it's pretty good size practice. Sure. And I called, not real big, but I called the practice and the doctor answered the phone. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, they must be really busy. And we started talking, and he answers the phones. Oh, and wow. That's, so, that's
2: crazy. I answer the emergency calls after hours. More yeah. hours. I, I don't know about the daytime. I'll be with a patient,
1: but that's incredible. ABS right. Too. And oh. if they can't answer it, it just goes to voicemail. And I'm like, no, no, you've got to figure out a way to hire somebody, you know, to free you up from that, that yeah. time because. And he was doing all the follow-ups like on voicemails and stuff. And I mean, I was like, you've got to get out of that so that you can concentrate on what you're doing well. And he had that same problem I had is just giving up that control because, and I I get it, he wanted to, he doesn't feel like anybody else can actually talk to patients as well as he could, right?
2: At some level, I think it's true because if his, obviously if the patient has a, anybody calls, they always have questions. Every right. patient calls in the beginning, they always have questions, whether it's an insurance question or, hey, I have this toothache or this or this. What do I need? What can I do? Obviously, the, the dentist is the best person to answer. But he unfortunately, is. he has to be mentally available eight to five as well.
1: That's right. I <laughs> always know. like the, hey, doc, how much is an implant? You hear that all the time, right? He, he doesn't always. need to be answering those. <laughs> yeah, we
2: get that all the time, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, cool. All right. I think that's great advice. So, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to ask, you know, established practices now kind of veterans, you're a veteran now because you're a bit in business for six years in my realm. You're a veteran. What, you know, and you've, you've been successful. What, you know, we talked about a couple of things that you would do differently, but what have you done? Right. What is, what has gotten you to this point? Why have you been successful so
2: far? So I think our success it has been, um, and I'll tell you, I, I say my success is our success as a team. Our team has been super from day one. Most Great. of the people have been in with me from the day they started their career. Wow. Um, and they have sacrificed a lot. Those girls and the guys who work with me together, they've, they've made a huge sacrifice themselves over the years to learn their skills. And I'm a pretty hard teacher. Um, stick around with me (laughs) right i and it it's so once they you know they become part of our team this is their home when they leave their home to come they're not going to work they're coming to another home and they have been the most important reason for our success it's the right people and those people have been with me somebody like dr barbilla for example i've known him for 25 20 23 25 years of friendship really um you know, when you have a best friend working with you, it doesn't matter. Like, there's nothing for professional. We don't have to sugarcoat things. We can openly discuss cases yeah. and have the, anything we want to say, we speak our mind. And that's the same goes for all my team. They're not like, I don't have to sugarcoat if there's something wrong or something went wrong. So, we can yeah. make sure our patient gets the best care, not a 99% okay care. Right. The best care. Great. And that goes from the front office to the back team, everyone.
1: Right, right. Uh, you know, I wrote that down. It's like coming to another home. That's pretty cool. That's I've never heard anybody say that, but that rings so true. And
2: uh, Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I can tell you, like, I'm blessed with the people I work with. So I never, I never, ever have, uh, oh, my God, I have to go to work today. I'm yeah. All the day, I'm just not, I hardly, I think the only time I, I called off is if I truly, when the doctor says, Hey, you have an injury, you have to stay home or anything XYZ. But I hardly, hardly ever, it's never been a nuisance to work with these people. Um, they're just superb, super bunch of bunch of uh people that I work over the years. And we have only grown from uh two people in the beginning to almost close to a 15, 70 person team. Wow. yeah that's great
1: yeah i mean it's um you know a lot of a lot of my clients i've I've heard recently of it's hard to keep staff it's hard you know they're having problems with churn at the front desk and just it feels like they're always training somebody new and mm-hmm. i think what you talk yeah. about when you can create kind of another home for them consistency yeah they, yeah
2: yeah yeah i think life easy makes life very easy flexibility absolutely. is the key look we we as a Myself as an owner, I can decide my schedule. Sure. I can say I don't want to work this day. I, can't, I, don't want to, I want to work three days. I want to work two days. I want to work five days. It doesn't matter. But yeah. it is the same rule has to be applicable for the girls or the guys in your team. If they don't get flexibility and you're the only one having flexibility, soon enough, you're just a boss and they're just employees. It builds resentment, you know? resentment. Or importantly, yeah. and I always tell the, all my colleagues who want to open a new team, or new office, I tell them it's something I learned over the years. You can find skilled people or you can find quality people. Mm. Quality people with zero skills, you can train them easy. Yeah. Just have to be patient and they'll be yeah. with you for life. Yeah. And you can train them the way you want to train that. Right. Skilled totally people, agree. not always, not always. Skill people, if you see someone's resume, they have changed jobs after jobs after jobs after jobs. It doesn't matter how well you take care of them or they take care of you. There's a good chance they just, they might move on to another yeah. step at some point. And then you have to relearn learn refill that position. Right, yeah. The minimum turnover of a team is critical if a patient were to have a good, good experience, a good time in the practice. Yeah, I'm a
1: big believer in that. We do that too. I mean, I'm like, we can teach anybody what we do, right? Sure. And because we've got our processes, our procedures all documented, you know, we can teach that, right? But what we can't teach is somebody that's willing to learn, uh, a nice, good person, right? A great attitude. You know, you—it's hard to teach things like that. And yes. you know, so I'm with you. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with with hiring people that necessarily don't have, you know, a hundred percent experience that we want. Yeah. Because,
2: I. You know. Yeah. No, you're right, because most of my people in the past, and and that was the problem with the corporation, they would have so many turnover employees, like you just can't, it's not their fault, it is just how the system is set up,
1: unfortunately. Right, it's done on a, it's ran on a spreadsheet, right, and so you try to get away with paying as less as you can to people to to boost that
2: profit and stock price and everything else yeah and they just people don't people can't pay the bills all the time. people That's wanna right. people want to get paid fairly for their right. hard work. And at the end of the day, it is why, um, like I said, all these people that we work with they they really put the hard work in the beginning to be yeah. where they are today. i don't yeah. I don't can imagine a better team um, to be working with on a day to day life, right.
1: yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up in just a second, but I wanted to ask you um, about one more thing that we've noticed. You know, we work with a lot of dental practices throughout the country, and what we've noticed post COVID, if you will, is more practices going to a fee-for-service model versus accepting insurances. Um, How has that? What's caused that? Do you think? And and how do you guys handle that personally?
2: So there are times. Yeah, we. Well, number one, post-COVID, everything has gone up. Mm. Everything everything has skyrocketed. Mm. Uh, We understood that during the COVID, the supplies demand, supplies costs were high. We get that. However, now those prices are set. Mm. The lab is no longer going back to the prices or the supplies of general supplies. They're not going down just because COVID is down. Once those companies who sells us the, the distributors who sell us the products. Once they realize, well, these guys are buying at four times the price and they're not complaining now, why would they go down? Right. They're yeah. not going to go down. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And insurance companies is only going year after year after year. Insurance company is just paying less, less, less. Yeah. Everything insurance company want to find a reason for um, just making the life so difficult for the patient. And ultimately, if we chose that, okay, hey, we want to do the right thing for the patients, but we got this middle gigantic, you know, middleman such as insurance, who's the big roadblock for us. How do we overcome that? We can't, either we take the insurance or we drop some of the insurance who are just playing extremely tough. And then eventually these practices do get tired of dealing with the insurance. And they do go fee for service um, because they're forced to if they want to deliver the quality. Right. Luckily for us, majority of the insurance, I would say there's some insurance we have in the past uh, limited only because it's just, we can't even, they they can't even pay the minimum for what we want to do, for what we pay our staff and team members. And how do you even work with those insurance if they want to just keep lowering the fees and not even go with inflation yeah inflation is a scary thing in Indonesia yeah Yeah, right yeah unfortunately yeah yeah
1: I hear you same it's kind of going around I think well Dr Patel I I know you're very busy I appreciate you thank you uh, taking the time today Um, I'd love to if it's okay follow up with you in a few months and just kind of see how things are going and you know maybe get a status check from you and and let our let our listeners and our viewers know would that be okay
2: Absolutely. Pleasure is mine. Thank you All right, for awesome. having me on today. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Patel. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Dental Marketing Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.kickstartdental.com podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you are ready to grow your practice, then you might want to schedule a free strategy session with us. Just go to kickstartdental.com and click the free strategy session button and give us 15 minutes of your time to change your practice forever. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. And thanks for listening to the dental marketing podcast by Kickstart Dental Marketing, where dentists go to win online.